Hi there, thank you for tuning in to episode 10 of Saving the Republic. Today we're going to be talking about whether or not Trump is racist, uh, the, talk about all the protests and the deployment of the National Guard, and we'll be talking about the economic recovery of COVID. Joining us are actual on-duty members of the National Guard. You're not going to want to miss this. Thank you for tuning in. So obviously with the murder of George Floyd, even though Trump has already talked to the Floyd family, even though he's launched a DOJ and FBI investigation into the Minneapolis Police Department, uh, even though, you know, all the things that we know about, of course, he's still going to be racist. I mean, we know this. Of course, he's still going to be racist. He's still going to be Hitler. He's still going to be what everybody's pointing their fingers to, right? So Don Lemon on CNN the other night is saying that Trump is all quiet on Twitter about George Floyd, right? When he posted a tribute to George Floyd uh, that Twitter removed for copyright reasons, you know, because the White House isn't going to make sure the music is copyright free, uh, whatever. Um, but let's play you this tribute. Ignore that, please. That you're not supposed to see yet. So sneak peek. I understand the pain that people are feeling. The death of George Floyd on the streets of Minneapolis was a grave tragedy. It should never have happened. It has filled Americans all over the country with horror, anger, and grief. We support the right of peaceful protesters, and we hear their pleas. The voices of law-abiding citizens must be heard, and heard very loudly. We will stand with the family of George Floyd, with the peaceful protesters, and with every law-abiding citizen who wants decency, civility, safety, Is it the music? And security. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, this is from Stephen Crowder, so that's exciting. <laughs> Unfortunately, it keeps getting removed everywhere where they don't have a uh, awesome lawyer defending them. So, Stephen Crowder, who does have an awesome lawyer, hasn't been removed. And vandalism is being led by Antifa and other radical left wing groups who are terrorizing the innocent, destroying jobs. The mobs are devastating the life's work of good people and destroying their dreams. This is as presidential as one can get. Yeah. It harms those who have I mean, you see how long this tribute is? And they removed it. We cannot and must not allow a small group of criminals and vandals to wreck our cities and lay waste to our communities. We must defend the rights of every citizen to live without violence, prejudice, or fear. Healing, not hatred, justice, not chaos, are the mission at hand. I stand before you as a friend and ally to every American seeking justice and peace. No one is more upset than it's like a natural speech that he gave. Yeah, it, it sounds like it because that's a lot of effects to be putting just for a video. Probably a rally. Well, I don't think it'd be a rally because this happened last week. 
I haven't tuned in to all to each like uh, anyway, but there's there's more to it. I think that's all we need to see for now. I mean, it's a long yeah. tribute. Uh, joining us uh, from the inferior University of Texas is Ooh. Jordan, the chapter chair of Young Conservatives of Texas. Uh, horns down. Here, look, yeah. there you go. Hook up. Uh, <laughs> yep. Anyway, Jordan. You couldn't even do the horns down right. You, you couldn't even no, do the horns I don't down have to right. Do it right. It's still better than the horns up. Uh, anyway, um, OU is more Texan than UT, but we won't have to discuss that. Um, anyways, but Jordan. Uh, he's got his suit on. He's all chapter chair-like, very professional, very bureaucratic. Jordan, if I come back on here, I'll, remember, I'll learn my lessons <laughs> the next time. How do you feel about this? Uh, <laughs> I'm recording for Mexico City, guys, so that's why I have my little setup. Uh, so I wonder, Jordan, what do you think about this tribute? What do you think about, hey, hey, I've got, I've got better internet here than I do in Mansfield, Texas. Uh, anyway, you also have um, garbage internet for Man Mansfield, Texas. So, <laughs> Jordan, seeing this tribute and you know all the protests and stuff. Later on, we're gonna have on some National Guard to talk about you know whether they're peaceful or not. But right now, we're talking about whether or not Trump is racist. Uh, seeing the stuff that we've covered so far, what what are your comments and your thoughts? And especially because you're in Austin. All right. So, as someone in Austin who also follows a lot of liberal accounts who haven't blocked me yet, um, it was very it's very telling about how a lot of members of the left seem to have ignored Donald Trump's statements because as president Trump's statements, because as you said, that seemed like a national address that was, that probably got completely overlooked by mainstream media. Like, especially because what, he obviously sounded like a little bit scripted. He didn't sound like his usual off script kind of, um, kind of speeches. And I feel that the tribute itself was very beautiful, very well done. I think he did right to sit, right, the right decision addressing it head on at first and then moving on to these horrible riots that are only going to harm the black community more than uh, like than not rioting as, as a lot of them are claiming. And I just feel almost kind of like disillusioned by a lot of, a lot of my friends who are opposing, oh, Trump is a racist. Uh, he's not responding to this. He's not being a leader, blah, 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 when there's this right here. And I kind of feel bad for myself because I haven't even seen that. I guess Twitter kind of. I only I only saw it because Stephen Crowder. I was watching his his live stream and then he said, he said, yeah, this tribute that Twitter removed. Which I was like, tribute. And then uh, he played it and I was like, what the heck? I didn't even know it existed. I was like, I mean, even I didn't even know about this. So I, honestly, what I've been saying about uh, about the people that are saying Trump is racist, and throughout the country with certain. Now, don't get me wrong. Protesting peacefully is your constitutional right, and it's a beautiful thing to see, even if I don't agree with what they're doing. It's a beautiful thing to see. However, it's ignorance in action at this point. That's what I've been telling people. It is actually ignorance in action because a lot of these people didn't even know about this tribute like you and I because of, you know, wonderful Twitter. But also, they don't know about the job numbers that the Trump administration has given minorities. They don't know about, you know, they, you know, they call Ben Carson Uncle Tom. They don't know about the fact that, you know, Baltimore just flipped red. I mean, they don't understand. I mean, they, they just don't want to accept the facts is what I think is going on here. And I mean, even, even if you tell even it to them, in California, they just elected a Republican uh, in Los in Angeles Los County. Angeles. I mean, who, whoever would have thought in Baltimore, it went Republican. Baltimore. I didn't hear about that. Baltimore went Republican. African-American woman won. So seeing all these things, honestly, I mean, and Trump's, and Trump's a racist. I mean, why, why even bother at that point? Well, what's interesting, too, is like a lot of these people are likening their current protests to like the civil rights movement of the 1960s. 
but the biggest difference that I see is one, the kind of injustices that they are um, finding are not rooted in the law, like uh, like segre- like Jim Crow laws were. The problem with uh, Jim Crow laws, like beyond being racist, of course, was that they were government mandated racism, and that's what they were fighting. And beyond that, businesses and media did not even want to touch it. They wanted to kind of ignore it, put it on the backboard, way too touchy. What you've been seeing with this is all the businesses and um, kind of like the general cultural consensus is like, yes, this is an injustice that needs to be addressed. And there seems to be no one real, really against them protesting. I, I haven't even seen any, anything really. Granted, it's because I, I'm not on 4chan and I don't follow the circle, follow the, more, the actual racist circles, but in sure. like mainstream right-wing circles, there have been no one that have been saying um, these protests are bad. They shouldn't do it. They've been saying the looting is bad. The rioting is bad. They've been saying stop calling all white people bad. Right. And, you know, the other annoying thing is you see all these thousands of people around the White House. Why aren't you around the governor of Minnesota's house? Why aren't you around the prosecutors that took up until what was it two days ago to charge the other three officers and to upgrade to second degree, which we'll talk about in a second? Uh well, I mean, they're, they're going to the wrong places. I mean, Trump's on your side. He launched an investigation into that police department, but we're not, he's not, it's not a dictatorship. He can only do so much. He can't be like, you know what, this whole thing of you being the governor of Minnesota has been fun and all, but gets inside a little bit. Let me take care of this. And then we know it doesn't work that way. They have to, they have to do it themselves at a certain point. And that's, yeah, that's the, where the, I just get so frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Like the police officers uh, power ultimately derived from the state government. Trump has, has nothing to do with like the local police, um, local police farms that, ultimately the power ends with um, local city officials. That's where they drive their power from. And like, I mean, even the chief of police was, was black, which is like very interesting. And they were also saying like, why wasn't he fired? It's the unions. And like speaking of the protests, stuff like my kind of like go-to reasoning for not protesting besides um, I kind of got to finish Mad Men before, um, before at least Netflix next week is um, like the whole purpose of protesting is either you want, want to cause disruption to kind of, to alert the people in power that you uh, that you are serious and to try to hurt the re-election or two to kind of give a general statement of we uh, if you don't do what we if you don't address this concern these are the people who are against you right now we can vote you out the problem so in other words madman madman's more important to you than civil rights no it's not that's all i'm saying <laughs> that is not what i'm saying <laughs> oh great there's gonna be a sound there will to trigger uh, people. <laughs> man. Whataburger uh, well, is crap. <laughs> There's a sound bite right there. That's too. heresy, but but the point no, but you're, you're is like an, but the point is like in like in Austin, for example, you're disrupting our like APD, you're just dis- and you're doing a show of force to um like because they were calling for the other three officers to be charged, for example. Sure. There's nothing that Governor Abbott can do about it. There's nothing that President Trump can really do about it. No yeah, one's like there's in Mansfield, and they're all going to the Mansfield City Hall. Like, what, what are y'all doing? You know how many? You know how in many Arlington, in Arlington, black? what are you doing? In yeah, Arlington, UTA. Yeah, UTA, yeah, in Arlington, did you see what they did? Uh, they destroyed a monument to uh, first responders in Arlington. These weren't even the people that actually committed the crime. No, they're doing, they're doing crazy stuff. Did y'all see that kid who was inside the house that was on fire and the protesters blocked the fire department getting into oh, the Oh, yeah, I saw that. And uh, out, of these, out of these three officers that were aside, two of them, one of them had been a police officer for like four days and the other one three days. 
So I'm not, I'm not defending them in any kind of way whatsoever. But if you're in their shoes, you're like, what, 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 he's my senior official. What am I going to do? Hey. And apparently they did tell him, like, hey, shouldn't we turn him over so he can breathe? I mean, why are we doing this? Uh, but, I mean, hey, watching the bully, you know, beat up the kid is just as bad. It doesn't matter what level you are. I am still – I still think they should be charged. I still think they're sick. I'm not defending them. But no. it does have to be recognized that one of them three days and the other one four days in the police force. And now they're going to get, you know, they're going to get charged as policemen. Uh, because wait, let, let me ask this question. You know how like there, there's military court, like if you're in the military and you, you know, you do something wrong, you go to military court, you don't go to regular court. Does the same thing apply to police officers? No, they, they go to the normal courts. They don't get, they, and don't they were get fired too. So, and they were fired too. So, well, they would, so even goes, if there was like a, like a, like a martial court kind of thing, they, it wouldn't apply to them. So the things where cops okay. get screwed is when they actually go to prison and other prisoners find out they were cops. Um, oh, they're dead. They're dead in minutes. Yes, pretty much. Uh, I think kind of my main point on this is where they upgraded the charges. So they upgraded the main guy's charges to second degree murder. I'm no legal expert, but I did a little bit of research and I believe that requires... um, He says he's no legal expert, but he comes from a family of lawyers. So so my understanding is to uh, charge for second degree murder, you have to prove intent. Right. It's a, uh, yeah, knowledge. Um, it's like, it's knowing intent. So there's yeah, second, goes, second degree is going to be harder to prove, right? It's going to be, mu- yeah, it's so, going to be much harder to prove. Uh, just being a, just being a racist even wouldn't even constitute intent necessarily. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. The way it goes, it goes like premeditated, like intent. So like you, like the cop went out and said, I'm going to kill um, George Floyd today. Obviously that most almost definitely uh, didn't happen. Second degree is knowing, which is um, like you knew that there was a significant risk, uh, that you knew there was going to be a significant risk of harm. You just kind of ignored it. Third degree is reckless, which is kind of like you do something that could very well. um, It's like doing 180 on the highway or like in town. Let's put it like that. In town where there's crosswalks. It's like doing 180 through town. That's reckless and you should know better than that. Yes. And um, yeah, reckless. Yeah. Basically the difference between knowing and reckless is very muddled. Like when I took my business law class, even I like, I was kind of like, I hardly get this, but the way I kind of like settles, like knowing is more like, you know, the risk, but you disregard it. Reckless is you do the action, but you don't necessarily, you know, there's a risk of a risk, but you don't necessarily know it. And then criminal negligence is just basically, you didn't know anything, but you should have. Essentially. My my kind of point is it's going to be more difficult to prove because it does seem fairly reckless based off of what he's doing. Uh, it's going to be much harder to prove second degree than third degree. And mm-hmm. the jury's already going to be skewed on this. So I, I think they still could get the charge, but also I I don't think judges appreciate it too much when you charge kind of above what the actual crime is but you know it's just kind of my thought on this is they probably should have left it at third degree because it is easier to prove than second degree and they can definitely get a long sentence just off of what happened possibly even life so yeah that's kind of my point on that is that while yes, he definitely deserves to be locked up, I'm worried about the charge that he might not get locked up. 
Yeah, I mean, from from my like limited legal understanding, it it seems like it's actually still. I think there's still a good chance that he gets convicted. Uh, I was like, I think Trey Gowdy was on Fox News, and I happened to be watching, and he was talking about he was talking about this specific thing, and um, like basically intent when when you're kneeling on someone for nine minutes, uh, you likely have intent to to it's it's possible that you can prove it um yeah i think i think with the jury with the jury because there's no chance that anyone hasn't heard the story at this point i think it's going to be hard to find them a fair jury and in this case the jury's going to be so biased i mean they're not biased they're going to be bought and 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 you know that kind of case uh i feel like uh He's going to get the charges uh, no matter what. He's, th- mm. There's no way he's going to be found not guilty. Either way. Yeah, I agree. I, like, I remember like when reading about it, I, was, I actually did think that second-degree murder was the more likely, was the better charge they should have gone. I remember thinking like third-degree is probably a bit too light, but that third-degree, I do agree that it was – they're just trying to play it safe. Like we want to get him no matter what. Second degree, there's a little, there's a little more wiggle room for the defense. Had they gone first degree, I think a judge could have easily thrown it out if you had the wrong judge. Yeah. What I think about it is like, okay, if they, let's let's say the what happened was a slightly different scenario. Let's say he like barely or maybe for like a few seconds nailed on him, and uh, that caused maybe like a broken neck, and then. Um, and then somehow he died from that. Uh, like that I would I would see it a second degree charge would be pretty difficult to uh, to prove. But whenever you're kneeling on him for nine minutes, I mean that that doesn't happen by accident. It, it kind of has to be pretty intentional. So uh, I, I still think a second degree. I think that's provable. It's gonna be it's gonna be difficult because you can still be kneeling on someone for a while, not meaning to kill them. But I think no. I mean, everybody. We've all seen the video. There's no but that's way. that's not second. That's not second. I don't think that's second degree. I think second degree is um, you. I think second degree is like you sh- like you you had knowing that there was a risk they were going to die, but you ignore it. I believe that's what second degree is. Okay. Well, we love everyone's legal perspectives. I think we uh, left off, and Trump is not racist. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you feel differently, contact us at. Uh, somewhere. Uh, we're not there yet. Just Contribute. look us up on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jordan, yeah. uh, do you have any social medias, final thoughts you want to plug? And then you know, uh, social medias. Uh, I hear that YCT, they do some decent work. Too bad we're at UT Austin. Maybe there's uh, hope. <laughs> yeah, but we're the only chapter that made national news. So there is that. That's actually not true. Okay. Like, uh, <laughs> send me the link for that later. I'll be interested in reading. But, okay, but like final thoughts. Like, I will admit that there was maybe once, like once where I at least thought there was a possibility that Trump may have been racist, but that all went away. One uh, uh, conference call with a on a uh, grassroots kind of club, which was not no media members were allowed, and Trump said that his proudest moment, what his proudest achievement as president, was lifting millions of minorities out of poverty, out of having the lowest black unemployment in our nation's history. And I don't believe that a racist or a man who is supported by racists would ever claim that to be his proudest um, accomplishment, especially when there is no 
no media to give them props for it. Exactly. That's like my but personal that's, yeah. anecdote. That's I think the, I think that closes I think that closes it up very perfectly, Jordan. Oh, so do you have any social media for your chapter, uh, for your personal for Yes. Yeah, so to follow uh, t- our YCT chapter, that would be at Texas YCT on Twitter. Uh, to follow me personally, I could. I definitely need more followers. Um, that would be on Twitter, Ofic O F F I C underscore Clements, and on Instagram, my tw- Instagram is official dot J A Clements. Awesome. Well, some awesome. great points from Jordan. Now we're going to be talking a little bit about whether or not the protests have been peaceful or violent. And joining us are going to be some members of the National Guard. Thanks for having me. So joining us now are uh, to talk about whether or not the protests are peaceful or not, and whether or not the National Guard just wants you all to die, uh, are actual two members of the National Guard who are risking their lives for you. Uh, With us is... Aaron, Aaron, you want to introduce yourself? Tell us what unit you're in, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm Aaron McCone. I'm an infantryman at uh, 1st 143rd Airborne. We're attached to the 173rd Airborne and from Italy. But So do you want to tell us what that means to those of us that are confused? Um, it means like, <laughs> <laughs> it means I jump out of planes and then shoot people, like riding in a Humvee and shooting people. Okay. Okay. What part? So, so what region are you in? Are you like, are you designated to a specific region? I'm very I'm, uninformed. My, like my grandpa's Dallas. a Coast Guard veteran. That's as far as I know. I'm like Dallas area. Like we're okay. like down south of Dallas. Oh, okay. And then we're here with us also is Kevin Rio. Uh, Kevin, same uh, deal. Uh, tell us about yourself. <laughs> hey guys. Um, I'm not as high speed as Aaron is. I'm not in the airborne unit. <laughs> But um, I'm with the 1st Battalion, Delta Company, 1st Battalion 141. Um, that's an infantry unit over by Campbell is in San Antonio. I am a 68, 68 Whiskey Combat Medic. Um, so, yeah, we're over here right now. We're in Austin, in the Austin area. So we've been here for about a week now. Cool. So uh, just before we get going, I want to show some uh, examples of what we're about to talk about. So first up, uh, this is a video of riders pulling a black man, mind you, out of a car and beginning to beat him in the name of justice. So that's pretty much all that I personally want to see on that. Uh, Peep my Twitter feed. And then this is where they're burning a, uh, Skylar, you mentioned about InfoWars. It says InfoWars in the corner of the screen. Uh, This is a video of where they're lighting a homeless man's uh, personal belongings on fire. Yeah, what I heard in, about that. In the name of justice, of course. Yeah, and you know, of course he's, to. I mean, I'm not going to make assumptions, but I mean, I'm pretty sure he's mentally ill, like most homeless people. So imagine the damage that you're doing to him. With yeah, but what, I mean, I, look at him. what I heard about that. That, that is so heartbreaking. What I heard about that was that Go it was actually it. an InfoWars person that was lighting his stuff on fire, so. Well, InfoWars published the videos. I mean, we, we can talk, I mean, we can look, in, look into that later. Uh, and then this is a video, the aftermath of someone who was attacked in Dallas. I'm not sure if this is the same guy that came out with the machete or not. It's, I am so sorry, but that's all that I want to see on that personally, or else I will start crying. 
So kind of just tell us a little bit about your experiences that you've had, because uh, I believe you've both uh, kind of been deployed out to some of these protests. You want to go first, Airborne Man? Sure. I mean, I got to lead. <laughs> lead the way. Um, ours was kind of – ours hasn't been anything major. Like, Dallas, we they had, obviously, like, the TV stuff, like, the dude chasing people around with machete, like, being dumb, trying to protect a bar and stuff like that. But we didn't get called or no one said anything to us until afterwards, after that night to where the next night they pretty much told everyone, hey, the National Guard's coming, and everyone was like, yeah, we're not going to play anymore because they didn't, they didn't want to deal with that. So the curfew, they had people detaining people and stuff like that, flexi-cuffing people, but we didn't have any like major rioting or anything like people trying to attack us or anything. Um, the only thing that I really will speak on is like, the way that it was poorly handled in some ways, I don't know how y'all's unit did it or what y'all's reaction was. Like we didn't even get given weapons or like anything. They told us we couldn't even bring personal weapons. You can't do anything. You're kind of, they were like, Hey, go out there and make these people stop it. But like, you, you have no way to enforce that whatsoever. Bro. If that was the 143, imagine what the 141st did. <laughs> <laughs> so for us, um, you know, pretty similar to what Aaron was saying, um, we haven't had any major rioting, at, at least not where we're posted. We're posted over at the Capitol. Um, you know, just we're, we're there mainly to prevent people from damaging um, government property. So all the rioting outside, like 6th Avenue, I think that's what it's called, or anything like that outside, that's handled by police and DPS. Us National Guardsmen here in Austin, we're just at the Capitol. And it was pretty similar to Aaron. Um, first day we got here, there there were no weapons, there were no masks. We had to go through like a day and a half of training just to be able to stand in front of the Capitol. Um, you know, so far we haven't had nothing too major. Um, we did have, I think, I believe it was Tuesday or Wednesday. We had a couple of guys on on the shitties and a revolver. And then us National Guardsmen with no weapons, we're like, you know what? We're just going to go back and stay. We're just going to go ahead and stand behind the behind the DPS guys, behind the policemen. Cause, um, but nothing major happened. There have been um, a lot of insults. People are taking it out on us. That what kind of insults? They are. So, um, I mean, all kind of profanity, as you can imagine. Um, they're telling us that we are standing against the people, that we are just sellouts, that we're doing that for money, that we don't, that we don't really want to be there. Um, honestly, most of us are there because we, you know, we swore an oath we had to be there. And um, not only that, but we're, we're also, we're not, we're, we're not against protesting, you know, because protesting is right. Um, I feel... I mean, I'm upset about what happened. Everyone should be upset about what happened. All of us are against brutality. What we are not against is damaging other people. And um, this, something that my father always tells me is when you damage someone else for your own, for your own ways, for your own beliefs, you start damaging yourself as well. And, you know, what we've been seeing is a lot of rioting around the whole U.S., um, a lot of protesting. 
I feel like, um, and your question, and Ethan, you sent me the question whether the protesting was being peaceful or not, right? Yeah, we're kind of we're kind of covering like whether, because you know everybody on the media is talking about how it's peaceful, but the videos that we showed at the beginning, they're just not talking about. So it's just kind of good to get y'all's firsthand, you know, experience. You want to hit that first, Aaron? Um, for me, it's they've been peaceful, like. May, people are pissed off like that's obvious that's like a thing like everyone knows that and like by all means like you said i i'm pissed off about it and i'm a white protestant man who like <laughs> i don't like this is something that i would have never experienced in my life that it got like it's one of those things where if you're pissed off about it you're correct for once like i don't agree that you should go rob a target but if you're angry, then good. That's where you need to be on this one. But I know this is a hard question for y'all, but how do you feel when you see like an American flag being burned with no, but not just like, like with significance. I mean like these people that are just in the street and then they light the flag on fire and everybody starts cheering and stuff. Cause I'm seeing videos of veterans crying. Even I want to cry. And it's, it's, I mean, use that flag as a symbol for your movement. No, don't burn it. Then what, I mean, what does that really do for you? Um, I mean, for me, it's like, it's something, it pisses you off. Like, yeah, um, I'm a very, like, I try to understand more wild, wise than like the, their actual, and it's an emotion. And I understand everyone's in an emotional place. Like I, it doesn't get you anywhere. I get that. Maybe you think that's a representation of the system that's oppressed you or your people, but it, it's not gonna you're not you're not helping your cause by doing that because the people you gain so much like pretty much good like good agreement to your cause through what happened everyone who watched that video unless you're just a blatant racist realizes that what happened in minneapolis is so wrong and just unacceptable. absolutely and if you tell me that it's not you're a racist congratulations like you if you tell me any outside circumstances to why what he did was okay congratulate like whatever especially kevin kevin you're uh tell us a little about like because you're hispanic obviously yeah so um and you, I mean, you were asking here, not racist, but, but i mean for you being a minority you you're muted <laughs> oh sorry so sorry mexico city man this, this wi-fi <laughs> so um you know, you bring in, bringing it back to the question you asked of how I feel seeing the flag burned. My, uh, my story is a little different than I, I believe all of you guys. Um, I was actually born in Colombia. I moved to the States when I was 10 years old looking for, um, a diff, uh, you know, freedom of religion. We had some issues in Colombia. We decided to move to the States. And the reason why I decided to swear in and, uh, and join the ranks of the military in the U.S. is because... Um, it was something worth doing, you know. I believe that just by and the U.S. flag is so beautiful to me. It's something. It's such a symbol, such such significance that seeing people burn it, I just the only thing I can, the only word I can think think of is ungratefulness. And you know, it's the U.S. is the strongest world, is the strongest country in the whole world. It's powerful. It's it's amazing. The lives that we are able to have here. Even as, a, even as someone with a low class of life, a low quality of life here, 
anywhere else compared to, you know, different countries, for example, my, my country, Colombia, it's, it will be something that most people there can't even afford, afford to live because over here we have opportunity. Over here we have, we have people pushing us and ma making us move forward. So when I see people, and I was actually speaking about it with my lieutenant the other day, I was saying that I did not see someone over 30 years old, not even 25 years old, over at the protest in front of the Capitol. And he was telling me most of these, he even recognized some people because he said most of these people are, are um, you know, our brats, our kids that their parents paid for everything for themselves, never taught them to, to be respectful. So these people can, these people think that they can burn the flag that so many people have died for and just not expect no one to, no one to do anything about it. So yeah, you, to your question, what do I feel when I see the, the flag being burned? It, breaks my heart yeah i i think i think it's at the same time them burning it it all you're doing is hurting your cause because the people who were so wholeheartedly with you based on what happened in minneapolis are now saying but now you're disrespecting something that i hold dear so now i can't fullheartedly be behind you when 10 seconds before you did that they were 100 percent on your side i'll go ahead and that's right in. yeah I like I, I agree. It's it's uh, kind of heartbreaking when you see people like burning the flag and disrespecting it. Um, at the, at the same time, uh, it is their right. Like they have the right to uh, to burn the flag if they want. Um, that's what the First Amendment is for. Uh, is to is for freedom of expression. And so, like I disagree with it. And I'm personally never gonna nail. Like it would be awkward anyways for me to nail. Like just like as a fan or whatever, but still, like, I probably would never kneel for, uh, for the flag during, during, uh, the anthem, but, uh, I think it's their right, and, you know, if they want to express themselves that way, I honestly, I think kneeling or even, like, even burning a flag, which, like, I'm, I'm not a fan of, it's still, still better than, like, breaking, you know, looting or rioting, um, so. my kind of thing on it is, uh, you know, it's the same people saying that people are immigrating here illegally uh, and that they're coming here for the opportunities. And because it's such a great country, that's why they're coming here. It's those same people that are burning the flag because, oh, this is a terrible country now. Yeah, right. And right. a lot of these people, a lot of these people need to go to the third world and spend you know, a few weeks there. Which I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, I'm in Mexico City, right? Uh, one of my, basically my uncle, I mean, he's not, I mean, he's not blood related to me, but basically my uncle. Uh, and he's building a new auditorium in his church. And I saw him on the phone with his lawyer the other day and I was like, why are you on the phone with your lawyer like that? And he told me, he's like, no, it's because the police show up to the church and think that you don't have the permits to build that auditorium. So they want you to pay them to let you build that auditorium. So my lawyers have to be there to show them all the permits all day. They come by probably five times a day because the construction workers call him to tell him, hey, the police are here to try to stop us from working. And so now whenever you go in the building, they have to close all the doors to the new auditorium. That way it looks dark from the outside. That way if a police drives by and sees it, they're not like, oh, and then they come in. And so then you have these people that are all complete the opposite. And a lot of these people don't even live where they're protesting. 80% of the people in Minnesota aren't even from Minnesota. So you and I have people like Kevin and Aaron willing to die for us versus here where they can't even build a church building without corruption. And I, I asked them, they live in a pretty nice area considering it's Mexico City. I said, so if I were to call 911 right now, because they have 911, if I were to call 911 right now because, you know, my house is on fire, how long until they get here? Oh, they probably won't even get here. 
And I'm like, but you, but you live in a nice place. He's like, no, if I pay them probably about $200, they'll show up. And I was like, and then, and then, so I'm looking on social media at all these protests and don't get me wrong. The protest is a beautiful thing to see, but a lot of these people don't even know their cause. If you know your cause, go for it. But a lot of these people are just blindly supporting it. And the other thing that, I mean, I guess we can get into, but we don't have to, is Black Lives Matter. I don't have to support the Black Lives Matter movement for me to think the Black Lives Matter. The Black Lives Matter movement is a very toxic, borderline Antifa movement. I think that Black Lives Matter. I don't support the organization Black Lives Matter. So we're here on these technicalities when in all these other countries, they, are, they can't even build their churches or what Kevin's talking about in Colombia where he didn't, I mean, you know, they came here for their religious freedom. I mean, imagine that. These people, and so when he makes the point that it's all below 25, it's because they haven't seen it with their own eyes, how privileged they actually are to be here. Especially mm-hmm. the ones in Austin, especially the ones in the state of Texas. I'm not going to say there's no dirty cops in Texas because it's 330 million people in the United States of America there's going to be dirty cops. And I'm not saying that's okay. I'm just saying it's the reality we live in. There's always going to be poor people. Even if you do work every single day, there's always going to be poor people. So when you're in Austin protesting about this, why don't you go learn about like what calling, telling, insulting Kevin and Aaron for selling out when they're there to protect you so that you can protest without anything happening to you? I mean, anyway, that might have just been a little rant, but yeah, well, you, you touched on like 20 different things, but one of the things you touched on was uh, talking <laughs> about the like Black Lives Matter stuff. It's a, at this point, it's, it's such, an, such an exhausting debate because it's like, usually you'll see someone post on Facebook, like black lives matter. And someone will respond, all lives matter. And at that point, it's not about like recognizing each statement to be true. It's you're now, racist like, if you say Yeah. You're, basically it's just like choosing your team. It's like, are you team black lives matter? Or are you team all lives matter? I mean, they can, they're both true statements. Um, and like, I, I, understand the criticism of uh, like saying all lives matter after someone says black lives matter. It's like, you're diminishing what they, what they agree or like, sorry, what they believe. Um, but it's like, we can, we can agree that they both make sense. Like they're, they're both true. Um, and I think people, people assume kind of like the worst of uh, what other, what others believe. Like if they think if you say all lives matter that like you're racist, like we should, I don't know. Let's just not assume that people have the worst intentions, um, like just because they they don't necessarily say Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter, whatever. Like, exactly. When did you think the the idea? It's like Make America Great Again. When did you think that All Lives Matter would be controversial? Why? Well, it's that simple. Everybody is important, and it's not. It literally does not mean that one is less important or one is more important. It means that everyone is equally important is what that means. So when did we ever think that that would be controversial? I think that it changed on some level, just, just like how the Black Lives Matter movement probably started or did start in a very like good place, a place that was like very, the intent was to bring light onto issues. But I think the same was with All Lives Matter uh, as in Black Lives Matter is people, a certain group of people who are frankly just decided to start using that to believe something else, just like Antifa and those used Black Lives Matter movements in order to progress their agendas. Whenever an extreme sect or a group of people use something that way, it takes on a negative connotation that it wasn't intended to possess. No, yeah, Aaron makes some very valid points. 
I think we all kind of repeated each other in a way, some way or another. Uh, but yeah, I mean, where I keep, I keep coming back to the same thing. The All Lives Matter shouldn't be so controversial. And I've seen all these uh, videos of, uh, you know, like Martin Luther King talking about the whole point of doing it peacefully. And then you see Martin Luther King's son condemning the riots and they're like, oh, he sold out. Martin Luther King's son sold out, really? Martin Luther King Jr. Or sorry, Mar- or anyway, I don't know. Martin Luther King Jr. Jr. sold out. I mean, okay. I, I don't understand. That, that is, yeah, the third. That is true ignorance. What I was saying earlier, ignorance in action. If you're going to be calling the MLK family sellouts and Uncle Tom's, at what, where does it stop at that point? I mean, and that's where the Black Lives Matter, we kind of need to be like, okay, at what point did they go from just a peaceful Black Lives Matter to a Black Lives Matter or you die kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I think that the same way it happened back in the civil rights movements in the 60s where you had two different kind of versions of how to do it. You had Martin Luther King, but you also had the Black Panthers. I think we got to realize that um, right now, and that's what you were saying, why is it so controversial to say all lives matter? I think that what we have to come to a point to realize is that this is not just a fight. I think people got to make up their minds about what they're fighting about. You know, because we have some fi- some people fighting po- police brutality. If we're fighting against police brutality, then we're not just talking about the African-American people. We're talking about Hispanics. We're talking about women. We're talking about so many, like the scope just opens up so much. If we are, if we are, if we are um, protesting ag- um, against brutality against black men, that's when the focus just falls on that. And I don't know if you guys know what I'm trying to say over there, over here. But um, the point is, I think people should should um, make up their minds and see what it is that we got to fight about. I see what because you're saying. A lot of these protesters, if you look at the signs, it's it's all over the board of what they yes. mean. And uh, what I saw today was one of the three officers uh, that watched was Asian, I think, unless I'm mistaken. Right. So I'm just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, I thought it was all, I thought it was exclusively white people. Uh, and so and not just, only that. And then you get into, and then you get into, you know, intersectionality and identity. Well, I wish I wish I had this that. picture uh, available to share, but uh, I was looking earlier, just scrolling through social media, and you see this uh, this white woman protesting, and she's flipping off a black cop. And I was like, "Aren't you part of the problem now?" Just yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys have seen this because it's being pretty. Um, two things that I noticed in social media: it's number one. They, they were saying that, um, I forgot the officer's name, the one that was actually holding George Floyd down. Um, yes, him. I don't know if you guys saw this, but his wife is actually from the Philippines. Mm. And then the other two things that I was seeing is, um, like Nate said, one of the cops was Asian and another cop. Two of those officers that were there, they were w- within their first two weeks of training. Exactly. And one of them um, was actually only on their fourth ride in. And then when asked, he said, why didn't you stop it? He said, I had no idea was what, what I was supposed to do. These guys have been in for 10, 15, 20 years. This is us. Right. Just my it's a, it's one, a superior, like, it's a superior police, uh, police officer. And I think exactly. they, they, they did, they did ask, why are we not turning him over? He can't breathe. And they were like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. And you being their junior police officer, like I said earlier, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't make it okay. But I mean, they only had so many options, and in the heat of the moment, you're not going to act like you normally would. You're under panic, hey, and of course, exactly. of course, I'm not. I mean, they still watched, they still participated. I still think they should be charged. But I mean, that's going to be brought up in court. 
Yeah. And that shit can be brought up in court. We can go back to Kevin's point about like the, the sorry to, I don't know, it's kind of going back and forth, but, but talking about uh, the protesters not really being like focused on anything. It's, it's totally true. Uh, like whenever we saw, I think it was on Tuesday, uh, people posting the black squares. That was, that was just like the, the, the point where I'm like, what, what is the, what is the purpose of all of this? Because, it's so easy to go on Instagram and post a picture of a black square and feel like you're actually doing something. And like, petition Facebook only had literally like had right. signatures. If you want to get anything accomplished, you have to, you have to call legislators. You have to get people in office and hold them accountable and get bills passed. Like, but that, you also can't be ignorant calling Trump racist. We, uh, for Kevin and Aaron in our first topic, we talked completely about the ins and outs of whether or not Trump is a racist or not even though, you know, the, looking at the investigations, the tribute that was removed by Twitter to George Floyd that he posted. Uh, anyways, but you're, I'm sorry, Skylar, you were saying? <laughs> yeah, you just, you gotta have a, you gotta have like certain things and you gotta work towards those and be focused on those. Like I have things that I care about, like the second amendment and free speech. We like, I've gone and testified for both of those. And like, you, that's what you need to be doing if you want to get anything accomplished. Uh, but going on Instagram and just like posting a picture of a black square, like that's not going to do anything. And, and to a, to a larger degree, like, I think even the people that have good intentions and they're saying like black lives matter and, you know, they're protesting like against racism broadly. I think they have really good intentions, but we all, we like, everyone will agree that, okay, black lives do matter. Racism is bad. So we pretty much all agree on that. Uh, so when that's what you're protesting, it's just too broad. It's too broad. You gotta narrow it down. You gotta yeah. be more focused. I, yes, I and um, adding. Oh, sorry. Go. Go ahead. Um, mine on it. I think. I think the whole movement that's happening with police brutality and everything with African Americans or whoever. I think that you have now that you have everyone's backing because you have the majority of America's backing. You need to say what you want done or your plan on how to create meaningful change in the policing systems in America, or you're just wasting your time at this point. Like, um, y'all know Manford, most of y'all, like we had this discussion happen. And a guest on the show. <laughs> and I was like, so oh, Kevin, talked about- Kevin Manford is the executive director for the Conservatives of Texas that we're all a part of. So, okay. yeah. so he, he asked me, he was like, well, what do you, what do you think the, what, what do you think they should do in order to create some meaningful change in this? My opinion personally, which is going to probably be an unpopular one with some people, um, especially in law enforcement, is that you make when the acts happen and the family who's obviously going to go sue whoever they can sue because you a wrongful death lawsuit. Um, I think when you go make that lawsuit, instead of it coming out of taxpayer dollars, out of the state's part department anything like that that moment that money should come from the police pension fund because that's going to create a situation where if i'm a police officer and my ability to support my family after i retire is at risk i'm going to be much more likely to one screen better as we do hiring evaluate fellow officers and say something if something is incorrect inside of the police department i work for i think that's the biggest way to create a meaningful change in a department Adding to what Aaron is saying, um, I was looking at an article and it was saying that 
a big importance and a first that is happening with um, with this case specifically is the fact that the other police officers are getting involved as well. I think that's I think that's a very like important step because before with police brutality anything like something like that happened, it would only be the one officer, not his partner, not anyone else. Now that you have and then um Aaron Aaron can tell you this about about basic training and about the, the military. How do you polish people up? You don't you don't you're not gonna go and punish just the person who messed up. You're gonna smoke everybody. <laughs> You're gonna go and smoke everyone. You're gonna go and make everyone do push-ups. You're gonna go and punish everyone. What does that do? That makes you watch out for your buddy. That makes you make. That makes you go ahead, Aaron. You. It's gonna put you into a situation where, like, because if if because you're gonna get put into a spot where you're getting everyone punished for mm-hmm. like, and you're already getting punished every day just for the sake of getting punished, just for, for breathing. So like, if you're messing up um then everyone else is gonna hate you and you're gonna be put into a situation where they are gonna fix you and the drill sergeant's never gonna have to yeah exactly so then now with with these with these um other three police officers getting charged that's gonna that's gonna set a precedent where like just think about this do you think that any of them would have stopped that officer from killing george if they knew that they would have been prosecuted for it or if they knew that they're, or, or like what Aaron was saying, that their pensions, that how they're going to provide for their families 20 years from now will be completely gone. Do you think that would have changed the situation? Of course it would have. Because if I'm, if I'm a police officer and I see that I'm not going to be able to provide for my wife, for my children, for, any, for anyone else, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something about it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop whatever's happening. So I think that that's a, that's a very good president that it's going to be go- that, that is happening with this case yeah yes it's a uh, it's been a great conversation uh been a lot of really good points made and uh it's a it's a pretty tough topic i mean there's a lot of you know emotions kind of get heated when you talk about all these things but um um thanks for uh, both of y'all for coming on uh aaron yeah, and Kevin. No problem, man. yeah it's uh it's been great i uh, really enjoyed your your perspectives um yeah thanks for for getting on here thanks for the invite yeah and if y'all want to share any social media or anything feel free to do so uh either for yourself or uh, i know aaron runs a yct chapter so for them as well yeah let let me know if y'all need me again on anything i'm around awesome so what's your what's your yct chapters youtube uh where can i find it our my yct it's tarleton state yct it's on twitter facebook Stuff like that. Cool. Um, Kevin, you want to plug your personals? <laughs> uh, or, or no? Yeah. Or no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, can you guys write it down or something? I mean, on Facebook it's just Kev Murillo instead of Kevin, just Kev cut the I N, and then on Instagram as well, Kev dot Murillo. So you know, pretty easy to find me around. Awesome. awesome. Thanks for coming on, guys. For our final topic tonight, it's just Skyler and me. We're going to talk a little bit about the economic growth we've seen recently. Uh, Skylar, I think you have those statistics there. Yeah, we saw the numbers. uh, So from April to May, uh, the unemployment rate actually dropped from 14.7% to 13.3%. It was really unexpected. We also saw saw a gain of 2.5 million jobs. So um, 
really surprising. Um, and we saw that in the stock market. It was a huge gain. I think it was like, um, yeah, I think the NASDAQ jumped by something like 896 points, something like that. So really – Yeah, just a huge growth. I think we yeah. kind of just – we dropped like a flat line down right when COVID hit. And I think we're starting to make our way back up to the pre-COVID levels. And I think that's great for the American people that we're able to recover financially from this because I know so many people are out of work at this point. And I don't, I can't remember off the top of my head how long unemployment lasts, but the fact that the unemployment rate is, it doesn't last forever. So it doesn't last forever, but with the unemployment rates going down, hopefully very few people need it very soon. It's going to take a long time for it to get for the economy to resemble what it did before, uh, you know, March. Uh, But I think, I think we're starting to see a bounce back. It all really depends on states reopening Uh, here in Texas. Things are starting to reopen, but um, as, as somebody that has uh, done a bunch of favor deliveries, I still see a ton of places that like you can't eat inside and they have uh, their dining rooms capacity is limited. So it's, when we when we see all these protests and everything, we see just like crowds of of people. What goes through my head is like, look, it's time to open. It's um, we can I mean, take precautions. If what we, we were just talking about. If people are able to protest like this, and yeah. we're not, I mean, no one's concerned that oh, we might get coronavirus. Oh, we need to wear masks. So I think at this point, why are we keeping things closed? If people want to go riot in the streets, let's let businesses open. Yeah, uh, with something I've seen, I don't know if you've seen this, but there have been like some, there have been some doctors that have uh, gone on and said, "Well, we we think that the protests are worth it." Like they're they're saying that, that um, they think it's okay for people to go out in crowds, like for protests. If the protest but, is worth it. Jobs are worth it. That let me put it that way. Yeah, because it's only money to live it, from a health. Yeah, from a health perspective, that look, it shouldn't be the doctors telling us this reason is okay to get coronavirus, but not this reason. Like, just stay, like, stay in your lane. Um, protests are, you know, can say they're valid, but doctors shouldn't be telling us, well, you know what, it's okay, go out and protest. It's fine if you get coronavirus that way, but not for going lo- to make a living. I, I think it's ridiculous that they're that they're kind of getting into areas that they really just shouldn't be in. I love how the protesters who were protesting not being able to work kind of got demonized by the media. And now at this point, to be fair, I do agree. This was a bad killing. I'm also not, you know, going out and risking it. I'd be wearing a mask if I was out there, but I'm not because people are rioting. Yeah. Um, But back up. The, the issue of the economy coming back. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm optimistic because we, we saw what I hope is rock bottom. And so hopefully it can really only continue to improve from here on. Um, people have talked about there being a second wave. I, I don't know. I, if there is, it certainly, 
I think can't be worse than the first one. We're all aware of it. We all understand like social distancing. And I think we need to do the best that we can to keep people safe, to keep people that are at risk specifically safe. Um, let's, let's go out. Let's reopen the economy. We, we have to, we really can't survive. Um, uh, like mentally we can't survive, but people just got to put food on their tables and we got to get things going again. We, we had, as president Trump says, we had like the best economy in a like decade. <laughs> so I'd love for us to get back to, to that point close that the, the unemployment rate was like around 4%, uh, before, you know, before March. And that's so, like, I believe full employment is considered to be what? 3%. I think so. Um, let's like, let's, let's do our best to get back there. Um, and you know, be, be cautious. Let's go ahead and let's open things back up. Let's uh, be safe and let's open. That's, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, it's, we're trying to be optimistic and, um, hopefully, hopefully things start to improve. Um, and the economy or continues to improve and, uh, and let's see, let's see these unemployment rates get even lower, these job growth numbers higher, and the stock market going right back up. Yeah, if by the end of the year we saw the unemployment rate somewhere in like, you know, 6%, I think that would be amazing. Um, going to play a big role in how that happens. Uh, you know, I want to get sports back. We've seen like the NBA is, they, uh, they've started to make, they've made a plan to, resume their season. Uh, so let's sports is, um, it's a great distractor. Um, sometimes it's, you know, too distracting, like the bread and circus, but, and we do need sports back. We just need, we need to start getting things back on track. Awesome. So now I think we're going to move on to some announcements. Uh, as mentioned before, we are close friends with YCT. Some, most of us are YCT. Uh, so I think a big announcement is YCT is doing town halls this week on Wednesday is going to be the first town hall at 11 a.m. Just in time for you to be able to watch that and our Wednesday edition this Wednesday. Don't miss it. Uh, I think that's all we have for you today. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And we are out. If you like this content, please like, subscribe, share it. If you hated it, like, subscribe, and share it. Thanks for tuning in.